Got to let one more woohoo go, no? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a solid song. There, there's a commercial uh, with that song on a plane. I can't, it's a, for, I think, Coors Light, which is kind of a little bit of a segue here, Duke, that people in Toronto are going bananas of the possibility that Shohei Otani is traveling to Toronto today. A lot of <laughs> buzz on social media. A private jet chartered from Anaheim to YYZ left this morning. This trip doesn't pop up too often on private jets. It has all the aircraft details. Everyone in Toronto is on the Shohei Otani watch. Man, if the Jays could sign Shohei Otani, what would happen? Country might blow up. Baseball world would anyway. Getting back to Mark Spector and the Ayatollah Rock and Rolla, texted in uh, this one. Ayatollah Rock and Rolla is from Heartbreak Ridge with Clint Eastwood. Mario Van Peebles uttered those words. And imitation Tom was, uh, we were talking about the fact of uh, uh, Jackie Parker, he says, is a different park. Uh, he's talking about a different one in uh, Mill Woods to go sledding, going down on the toboggan. Uh, and also, as I said, we were talking about the scoop shovels, Duke. And he says that uh, as a teenager, my friends and I would borrow election signs and use them to go down hills late at night. Yeah, so good. Spruce Grove Corey says, the shovel is legit. My dad, uh, my dad's go-to every time. I believe it. Oh, I love Harry. Just just a stalwart, Harry. Hey, Harry, thanks about thanks for this. Who cares about the Blue Jays? Well, Harry, everybody in Canada cares about the Blue Jays if you like baseball. Harry says that he's in bed with the headache and the flu. Bad bed, or no, in bed flu day. Well... Apparently, you care about the Blue Jays, Harry. Get well soon, Harry. Get well soon. Could be it. Could be time for a, a Seinfeld. We wish you to get well soon, Harry. <laughs> wish you to get well. I think it was. Was it get well, well soon? Get, get well, well soon. Some of the, I and guess. she was so sick. Elaine was sick because she was it was sick of cake. cake. Yeah, too much cake, too and much. then she ate. Uh, Peterman's cake that from the, the royal, royal wedding. wedding. Yeah, well, it was uh, like a, a big time thing from a hundred years. Uh, sorry, three or four hundred years ago. Yeah, yeah, King Henry the Eighth or something like that. Yeah, and then the, <laughs> the the security tapes of Elaine uh, dancing around Peterman's yes. office eating this yeah. hundred some year old cake. Oh, don't mind if I do. Yeah. So she then and then she f- bought that other cake. She went to the monks yeah. and then the guy said, "Well, I'll go to this place. They got the old uh, styles of cakes." She goes and buys one. The guy comes in the to appraiser. the appraiser and goes, <laughs> That's hey, fake. Yeah, I'd say about two fifty. Oh, oh, Peterman goes, oh, oh we've already made a hundred thousand. No, I mean two fifty. <laughs> true story, Duke. This is a another true story. Years ago, when I was lucky enough to do Oiler games, I believe it was the Mark Messier retirement game. Walking down the street in New York and Broadway, and Peterman is there on the street corner, and I yelled out, Peterman. And he looked, and he was so pissed off. He was so mad. He was just livid that that someone would do that. Like, what else is he? I I don't. I can't remember his real name. Like, yeah, neither can I. But yeah. like, did he have other notable roles? Like, that seems once again my uh, my semi limited uh, foray into 
pop culture in the movie and, and TV side of things. Like, mm-hmm. I don't recall seeing him in anything else. And he was huge in that show. He was like a, one of the all-time great uh, recurring like side characters. Yeah, he was one of the top guys. We were trying he to get him hilarious. on the show. Slats was trying to get him on the show. But during the writer's strike, maybe oh, there was something yeah. going on. Yeah, that would have made sense. Oh, man. Uh, Harry, no, Harry's going bananas. He's talking about Festivus. Uh, B says, I think the Ayatollah of rock and roller goes further back than that in cinema. Wasn't that the Lord Humongous in Road Warrior? Um, you know what? I, For some reason, we just started saying this thing years ago, and I don't know. It just went from one thing to the next, and now we're not exactly sure where um, it came from. Um. Coming from Tub Guy. Great show, Kevin. Love all the different guests. Variety of topics. Uh, back to the sleds. When we were in school, we would do ski trips. We would take the plastic food trays from the cafeteria, run up the hill, uh, and then worked awesome, forgot all about it. Good memories. I mean, yeah. Those would work great. Again, you'd have to uh, hang on, I guess. Would you do it widthwise or narrow? Like, I mean, you know what I'm talking about, Duke, right? So you're hanging on... Yeah, be a smaller you, you, person. Yeah, right? you wouldn't yeah. be able, unless these are big lunch trays, I guess. But yeah, I think you'd have to turn like it. You sit on it horizontally, so like the actual where the handles are on the sides, that's where your hands go mm-hmm. out to your sides as well. I would think it'd be too it'd be too hard to sit on it narrow ways. Anthony, the washed up goalie, says the shovel was great until Grandpa saw us using them. Mom would look <laughs> out the window and see Grandpa chasing us through the field. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I can relate. Uh, if my grandpa would have seen such a thing, he also would uh, curse us for um, well, di- uh, misusing the equipment. As you said, yeah, there's lots of uh, grain shovels around, just can't find one. Yeah. So how many would you guys have out of the farm? Well, you try and keep like, especially during harvest, you want to have one in each grain truck, so then to shovel out the corners when, yeah. you're, uh, when you're unloading. Um, but then usually a couple like uh, around the binyard, but those are usually the ones that go missing quicker. Mm-hmm. Or you forget that they're still in the cab of the grain truck. They get parked back in the shop for yeah. the winter. And it's like, where are all the grain shovels? And you go and there's nine in there, uh, one in the box, one in the cab, one laying underneath the back tire, got <laughs> ran over and smushed flat or something. Speaking of such, have we got uh, ra- the uh, ski b- report ready to rock We and roll? sure do, Kev. All right. Here's uh, the ski report. Uh, here's the Duke. Sports 1440 Ski Report. Your Ski Report for Friday, December 8th, brought to you by Snow Valley Ski Club. Start your skiing journey at snowvalley.ca. Not a lot of snow here in Edmonton, but it is starting to pile up out in the mountains, particularly at Lake Louise, where they've had 75 centimeters of new snow in the past four days, including 37 centimeters in just the past two days alone. They're skiing all the way to the summit with all lifts operating. Similar story at Sunshine Village, where they've had... 70 centimeters in the past five days and are opening more terrain and lifts this weekend. Marmot Basin, 16 centimeters over the past three days, and the Eagle Ridge Chair opens today, adding another eight runs to their total. Nakiska, 11 centimeters, new snow overnight. All lifts operating while Norquay with eight new centimeters will be operating all chairs, including the North American Chair this weekend. Down south, the Rain Castle Mountain and Fernie received earlier this week has turned to snow, and a lot of it. 40 centimeters overnight at Castle Mountain with Fernie, accumulating more than 50. Both resorts will still be open on limited train for the next few days while they prepare to get the entire mountains open. All major mountain resorts will be open this weekend with the exception of Kimberly, which opens next weekend. 
While there is fresh snow in the mountains, expect early season conditions and limited terrain across all resorts. And locally, all the hills now open daily with Snow Valley's Welcome to Winter Weekend and the Big Air World Cup event at Commonwealth Stadium on Saturday being the big highlights. That is your Snow Valley Ski Report. Ah, thanks very much, Duke, for that ski report. John O'Hurley is uh, Peterman's real name. Also, if you, and I remember this because uh, he used to host Family Feud. Oh, yeah. He was one of the... Very true. uh, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, he was Family Feud. Now, if you go back to Family Feud way back in the day, it was Richard Dawson Mm -hmm. was the host. He's the one that kissed everybody. Well, and I mean, he, like... He wasn't just doing a little peck on the cheek no. here. He was full throttle in there. <laughs> and you mean, he? I mean, it was creepy. Different times, I guess. Oh, <laughs> he was. Don't think you'd get away with that uh, today. Then, you know, he was like, hello, darling. Yeah, and I don't, like, I don't see Steve Harvey pulling those moves. <laughs> He's not doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> but Dawson was right in there. Oh, man. It was sort of, if those were, if you could see those right now, I think people would be uncomfortable watching that. I, well. The G, the Game Show Network, very popular in my household yeah. uh, when we did finally get some uh, satellite TV. It's one of my dad's favorite channels. And so they would like air old episodes of Family Feud, including the Richard Dawson ones. <laughs> Even when I was like a younger guy, I was like, I was like, What's I can't on? believe this was allowed. This yeah. is insane. Yeah. And he's like, you know, he's not just, he's leaning right over like the, the, the desk or whatever you want to call it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was yeah. in there. So it's a big weekend in Edmonton with uh, FIS Big Air. We're going to have a couple of guests on. Valentino Giselli, who won it all last year in Edmonton, one of the top uh, snowboarders in the world, plus uh, Brendan Matthews uh, will check in. We will have those two guests and talk about uh, a big weekend coming up at uh, Commonwealth Stadium. When we come back on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440, stay with us. All right, Rick, welcome back to the big program. Uh, the Duke is just working two, three phone lines at once. We're trying to hook up with uh, Valentino Giselli, and uh, we do have Brendan Matthews on the line, but we're trying to get Valentino. He's got one of those weird, long numbers. He's from Australia, so uh, I'm just trying to hook up with uh, Valentino Giselli as the uh, Big Air World Championship is on the go this weekend and on the subject of that man. It's funny how you, you, you touch something on a topic and you get a million texts coming in. Uh <laughs> the go-to was towing the snow racer, and uh, we're talking about snow shovels, uh, grain shovels going down the hills, ski hills, toboggan hills, whatever kind of hills. Uh, Anthony, the washed-up goalie, says the uh, the uh, go-to was towing the GT snow racer behind the snowmobile. That was reckless, though. Another good one was the old 50s car hood, upside down, and, and a dirty old couch cushion to sit on, towing behind the snowmobile, that stuff will toughen you up. Probably ever done it on, like when the lake freezes over, uh, back home in Saskatchewan and Crooked Lake, guys have been doing that, even with old tubes and things like that behind the snowmobile. Man, tough, tough going. Uh, HVAC Nick says, uh, when we're talking about Shohei Otani flying into Toronto possibly today, as someone who grew up in the uh, baseball community here and a big Jays fan, expect ticket sales to go through the roof if oh, and Otani Blue Jays jersey will be the best-selling major league guaranteed. Uh, so good for baseball across Canada. Probably the most exciting uh, to start a season in my generation outside of the 2015-2016 uh, uh, seasons. Uh, Chris Jericho is the Ayatollah of rock and roll. We were, man, all these things are just coming in all at once. Uh, we're talking about Mark Spector. 
Lester earlier. Uh, Chris Jericho from wrestling. Oh, there you go. Uh, Duke, how are we making out on this situation with uh, FIS and a couple of guests? We've uh, we've got uh, our contact at uh, Canada Snowboard, okay, Brendan, uh, working on it okay. um, at the moment. But, yeah, we're just trying to find the, the right number to get a hold of Valentino at. Okay, fine. That's good. Uh, and is Brendan available to come on right now? Or Well, he, he's, he's, he's working on finding us the number. On, so. yeah. Well, anyway, in case you missed it and last year was a lot of fun and it was a, a big deal for our city for sure they had the big air world cup and technically the world's largest uh temporary snowboarding structure if you want to call it that because that was what was built last year at commonwealth stadium and if you've seen the pictures it really is quite remarkable and i think last year they were saying that because of the weather conditions it was um, not as it wasn't as good last year but i think because the city has yet to receive much snow of anything uh they've had to haul in a lot of snow into uh commonwealth to uh to do this but maybe the warm weather's better for this because you got the warmth and once the snow sets maybe warms and freezes there's a possibility that it it makes snow faster so we're looking at temperatures pretty good again we were uh, touching that off the top of the show and even you know for for tomorrow it's minus two for a high ah we still can't get uh, get a hold of valentino giselli yet we're working on it anyway this structure if you've seen it for the international ski federation fis it's snowboard big air it's the world cup it's at commonwealth stadium the world's best snowboarders are here to compete. Now, this largest temporary snowboarding structure is 150 feet tall, basically. It's it's at the southeast corner, I guess you could say, of Commonwealth Stadium. It's a 483-foot long jump. It's simply amazing. Uh, and basically, it reminds you of, you know, if you would have seen things at can olympic park in calgary and you you know you've got the the various levels of the snow of the ski jump and you can see all that this is a little different because it's temporary it it's i mean it looks scary for these guys i mean it really does so they built this last year and it was the first year that they had it at commonwealth now this year because I'm, I'm sure there was a lot of input from all the boarders and all the jumpers. There were uh, a few uh, adjustments. They they changed things a little bit uh, compared to last year. So um, this is a you know a, a great you know. There's many people that are involved here. FIS. You've got Explore Edmonton. You've got the city. You've got Commonwealth. Uh, who do we got, Duke? Have we got? Uh, we got Brendan while okay, we're uh, sure. waiting on uh, on Perfect. Val to uh, to join us, but we got Brendan here to chat. All right, a let's uh, welcome in Brendan Matthews uh, from uh, Snowboard Canada. Brendan, uh, good texting with you yesterday. Uh, welcome to Sports fourteen forty. Thanks for coming on. Ah, uh, hey Brendan, welcome to Sports fourteen forty. Hey. Can you hear me now? Loud and clear. Ah, great. Good stuff. Uh, thanks for coming on. You sent me the picture from your, your office yesterday. You, had, you said this is the best uh, seat in Edmonton. Just kind of explain uh, that. The, Expl- the best office view in the city, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Explain that to our listeners. 
Well, we're sitting in the uh, command center here at Commonwealth Stadium staring out of this massive jump that's about to uh, kick off today with the qualifiers and then the big show tomorrow. So mm-hmm. I've got the, the whole perspective of the entire stadium and how huge this thing is and a little bit of the city skyline in the background. So it's oh. pretty incredible. Just couldn't imagine how pretty it looks. So this is a, a, it's, it's about 150 feet tall, this jump. That's correct? We're in the neighborhood of about 162 if we were measuring it to the foot. And when you're standing up at the top of this thing, you can actually look straight behind you, and it's it's nothing but parking lot behind you, and it's absolutely terrifying. Like <laughs> going up the scaffolding steps from the top of the bleachers to get you five stories higher than the top of the bleachers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're walking up this rickety scaffolding, it feels like, and it's super safe, but, man, is it ever scary. Oh, uh, I couldn't imagine uh, climbing up there as we were speaking with Brendan Matthews. And Were there a lot of adjustments and changes from the structure last year? A little bit, yeah. It's, it's higher. It's bigger than ever. The landing is wider to give the athletes more room uh, on the feature. We moved the angle a little bit into the corner of the stadium so that you, uh, you don't have the light bars that are there for football in your way, so you can go up as high as you want. Mm-hmm. It also gives the crowd a better feel from the field. So every single person that has a ticket for this thing gets access onto the football field. And you've got a huge... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you've got the best in the world here this weekend. Absolutely. It's the, uh, the same athletes you'd see competing at the Olympics or the X Games, the World Cup Tour. So this is part of the World Cup Tour. It's the second last stop on the circuit, and all the athletes are vying for the... Uh, the title of World Cup champion or the Crystal Globe mm-hmm. winner is the trophy that they get to take home. So if you look at the Canadian representation, is it safe to say it's led by Mark McMorris? It is, absolutely. But I would also say that there's a, a contingent of up-and-coming young guns that are, are really pushing Mark. Even here last year, we had two athletes on the podium. Uh, Jasmine Baird on the ladies' side won the event, and Nick Laframbois was on the podium on the men's side. And He's a little younger than Mark. He's kind of that next generation, and there's a whole pile of them uh, on the Canadian team that are kind of ready to to take over when guys like Mark are kind of ready to move on into the next mm-hmm. steps of their career. Brandon Matthews with us on Sports 1440 as the uh, Big Air World Championship uh, gets underway this weekend at Commonwealth Stadium. So, Brandon, if you were to say to one of our listeners or all of our listeners as someone that wants to come down, what can they expect if they come down? And just run down the times and everything today and tomorrow. Absolutely. So today's just qualifiers. It's closed to the public. You can actually watch it on, uh, if you go to FIST YouTube, you can stream it to see what's going on if you really want to see kind of who's going to qualify in the finals. Tomorrow, it's a whole day of packed activities. So for the first time ever, we've got live music. There's three Mm -hmm. different concerts. There's a local band uh, from here in Edmonton called Calling All Captains. There's a super fun party DJ group called Ski Tour. So you can bring your 80s or 90s (laughs) one-piece ski suit out and get right into the party with them. Uh, we have semifinals. We have finals uh, of the Big Air World Cup. The finals go at about six. There's the headline act, music act. It's a hip-hop artist called Grandson that goes on from nine till ten. There's also, for the first time ever, an event called a rail jam. So okay. if you've ever watched slope style in the Olympics, which mm-hmm. Mark McMorris would compete at with jumps and rails, well, we already had a jump in the stadium. So this year, we've taken out a whole section of seats in the north corner of the stadium brought in a bunch more snow and built a rail park. So there's actually a second competition that we're doing this year called a rail jam where there's local riders as well as some of the international world cup riders that have formed teams. And they're going to be competing in the afternoon on this, this new event called a rail jam. 
There's a market village that's got all kinds of different vendors that you can go and hmm. sample stuff, check it out. There's tons and tons of prizes to be won from each different booth you go to. Uh, there's all kinds of food and beverage, music. It's going to be just an entire day from doors open about one o'clock and the party goes right till 10. So Brendan, with the weather that we're having, can you compare it to last year and is it better (laughs) or how does it work for the, you know, the, the jump and I'm sure the, the, the spectators, it's better for them, but can you kind of comment on if it's better for, for the competition or, or what? Well, if you remember back to last year, this uh, about a week ago last year, it was minus 30 for the entire week. So I can <laughs> tell you one thing, that the constru- construction crew and everybody that's worked on this thing is certainly uh, quite happy with the weather we've had this year. They're building the scaffolding in T-shirts this year instead <laughs> of everything breaking and freezing at minus 30. Um, and it's going to be perfect. Like the snow is fast for the jump, which the riders like. And I think we're looking at about a, a day of high of minus two on mm-hmm. Saturday. So for a midwinter uh, event here in Edmonton, it's going to almost feel tropical. I mean, you can show up in a sweater. Uh, we'd recommend you bring a jacket because <laughs> you might be there for a while. But I think it's going to be great. You know, it, you're not going to be freezing. You'll be able to kind of mill about for the whole day, hang out in your seats for a bit. And it looks like it should be a really nice day. What's the reaction you get when you come and put on an event like this, you know, and it's just a, a situation where everybody really gets behind it in our city. I mean, I think people enjoy events like this, but what's the reaction that you've seen? Part of the reason that we're here in Edmonton is because people here get behind events, whether it's the Red Bull crashed ice or the Heritage yeah. Classic or going to the Oilers game that they sell out a Wednesday night game that we were at earlier this week. I mean, people just, they get up and they come to things. So if we're going to host an event, we want to be in a city that is going to show up. So we're expecting a ton of people. There's still tickets on sale, um, you know, and you can still grab them right up to the last minute. But that's part of the reason to be here. And Mm -hmm. the athletes feed off of it. The energy that you get out of a stadium that's packed with Edmontonians that are going nuts off of every jump. The riders push themselves and the Canadians feel the, the hometown support. So it's a big reason why we're here. So one question, Brendan, for uh, spectators. where would If you're on the east side of the bleachers, it's a way different vantage point, obviously, on the west side. Is there a preference where you would want to see, you know, the, the competitors come down? Absolutely. So the tickets, if you look on Ticketmaster, yeah. the ones that we actually sell are mostly all on the west side. Okay. But every single ticket holder in the stadium can walk right down onto the football field. So you can walk right up to the end of the mm-hmm. jump and get sprayed with snow and high five your favorite athlete and probably get yourself on TV. <laughs> um, but you get, if you basically have free run of the whole stadium. So if you want to go up into the uh, upper deck and look from up there, there's actually a really, really cool view. That's mm-hmm. way better than watching a football game or something from the nosebleed because you're almost at eye height <laughs> with the takeoff of the jump. Wow. And then you can go down below and you get a really neat perspective of the landing right in front of you. And then you can go in the field and, you know, have them stop right in front of you. And, you know, like I said, high five them as they as they leave. You can go over to the east side and see the jump from a different perspective where you're kind of looking straight down at the, the city of Edmonton and get a few mm-hmm. shots for Instagram to make all your friends jealous from <laughs> over there. So there's all kinds of cool, cool ways to take in the event. Well, thanks for coming on, Brendan, and uh, sort of bridging our time because we finally uh, hooked up with uh, Valentino Giselli. So we're going to speak with him about uh, his experience here last year and then uh, this weekend. So thanks for doing this, uh, Brendan, and uh, good luck with the event uh, today and tomorrow. My pleasure. We'll see you there. Thanks. All right. That's uh, Brendan Matthews from uh, Canada Snowboard. And let's uh, switch gears to uh, chat with uh, Valentino Giselli. Uh, Valentino, you're with Kevin Carius on Sports 1440. Welcome to the program. Thanks for taking some time with us. 
Hi, Kevin. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, thanks for coming on in the sense that you're busy preparing for such a big event and you're no stranger to Edmonton. Just touch on what you uh, thought about the event last year where you had great success and then moving forward to this year. Yeah, well, uh, last year when I came to Edmonton, it was actually my first time in Canada. (laughs) So, uh, and I have heaps of mates from, from Canada and, you know, being a snowboarder, you would have thought that I'd already been here, but no, it was my first time and um, yeah, rode the jump and it was great and was pretty uh, pretty fortunate to be able to get the win and I, I really enjoyed it for sure. So I'm happy to be back and the jump's great again this year. So mm-hmm. we're uh, we're going to go ham. Uh, <laughs> what what what's that terminology for an old guy? Can you explain that? <laughs> ham? Yeah. Just sending it basically <laughs> thanks for you know i get enough a lot of gears around here for not being in tune with the the new terminology valentino so i appreciate your patience and trying to explain things to me so uh no, that's right. how how do you uh compare the jump la- uh this year to last year because there's been a few changes to it well this year the drop-in's a bit higher which means we can get more speed and essentially go bigger which uh is always a good thing Bigger is better in in most cases, so that's pretty sick. And then the it's a, it's much more of a step up jump, I think, which means that we're taking less impact when we're landing, which makes it easier to do bigger tricks. So I think um, like the level was pretty sick last year, but I think the level will be even higher this year. Can you compare Valentino this jump to the ones that you you know you're doing on on the circuit around the world? Yeah, well, this is for sure one of the best. Okay. Um, I, I know that much, 100%. Mm-hmm. What about the weather last year compared to this year? <laughs> Big difference. <laughs> um, yeah, last year was, what, like minus 30 Celsius, and this yeah. year it's been around zero. So definitely a different snow condition. But last year the snow was real. So because it was really cold, it was super slow. And... Um, that made it tricky to to get the speed for the jump at times and this year since it's it's a bit warmer it's actually like way faster which is pretty cool and um yeah Mm-hmm. Uh, Valentino Giselli is our guest on Sports 1440 getting ready for uh, FIS, uh, Big Air World Championship uh, heading uh, tomorrow at uh, Commonwealth Stadium so what got you into this sport? What got you into snowboard half pipe? Uh, you know, you were in the Olympics uh, already in 2022, and I'm sure, you know, you're looking forward to 2026, but just what got you into this and got the passion and your blood boiling for, for such a, a high-energy sport? Well, uh, when I was, I think even before I was born, my parents had been going to the snow and, and my dad, my uh, grandpa was actually a ski patroller and hmm. my dad was super into snowboarding and used to always send the big jumps. So I think pretty naturally my dad just got me a, a, a orange onesie and a snowboard and I started riding when I was three and just, hmm. and loved it straight away. So, and then things started evolving, you know, I started racing and competing and, and I was, uh, I was, super competitive back then i hated to lose so i um i put in lots of time trying to ensure that i could win and uh yeah one thing after after another i ended up 
making it to to this level, which mm-hmm. I'm super happy about, and I'm living the dream. Hey, Valentino, how much did Sean White play a part in you kind of aspiring to dreams and, and setting goals and, and, and things like that? Well, I think when you thought about the word snowboarding, you would think about the name Sean White. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he was huge. And, and one thing that stood out to me with Sean was how – and like, especially in half-pipe, how big he would go. And I definitely always aspired to be one of the guys going the biggest. So, yeah, very inspiring for sure. Um, you're known for a lot of your jumps. Uh, not necessarily, um, you know, in the big air, but in, in everything, in, in the pipe and everything like that. Can you just tell our listeners about your training methods and how you um, work at certain areas of your craft to get to where you are and try to be the best that you can be? I think as interesting as it sounds, um, pushing yourself through situations that are uncomfortable is definitely hmm. something that I I did since I was very young. You know, like in the half pipe, when you're going big out of the half pipe, like when you're, when you're pushing to new heights, it's always going to be very uncomfortable. And, and that was something that I always tried to be around. You know, I tried to always be in that uncomfortable level. And, and that's what helped me start to go higher and higher and higher more more quickly. So that's definitely a big thing. And, um, you know, just putting in the hours has definitely yeah. helped a lot. Uh, Valentino Giselli is our guest on Sports 1440. And being from Australia, uh, Valentino... I'm sure you get to do a lot of surfing as well. And, and how much does that help with your training? Yeah, for sure. Well, um, I, I live fairly close to the beach. So whenever I'm at home, I just surf as much as I can, which is super nice. And I think it's always good to maintain that comfortability, just going sideways and riding a board and uh, surfing helps with that a lot. What about your uh, musical background, Valentino? I like to play guitar. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I definitely, I definitely love playing guitar, and I love, just love music in general. Um, yeah, hopefully one day I can, I can play some shows and, and maybe be a rock star. <laughs> you know, we always ask athletes that come on because we have a lot of musicians as well, and the musicians want to be athletes, and the athletes want to be musicians or entertainers. It seems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think they're pretty similar in a way. You mm-hmm. know, like when we're snowboarding. Well, in some situations, you know, similar to what today and tomorrow are going to be like, you're performing in front of a bunch of people and it's it's kind of a high-pressure situation, which is pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, well, and there's a concert at the competition too, yeah. isn't there? Yeah, exactly. There's tons of uh, uh, entertainers and concerts going on for sure uh, tomorrow. So can you compare the stop on the Edmonton circuit and what the fans are like here, uh, to other stops on the, the world cup tour for you. Well, I can, I can explain it with a little story last year. Uh, when I won all the, all the crowd started yelling, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. <laughs> and, um, that was, that was one of the craziest moments of my life. You know, how much the crowd got behind me and, um, you know, we're, we're so stoked and it's, it's always an amazing atmosphere having such a huge crowd at the bottom of the competition. So 
yeah, it was amazing, and I, I'm really looking forward to seeing all the all the beautiful people again. Uh, have you got anything special uh, that you're going to maybe try to unveil, or something that you can kind of give uh, our listeners and uh, what the viewers tomorrow can expect uh, down at Commonwealth Stadium? There might be a new little grab variation on one of my tricks that I think uh, I, I'm pretty proud of it, and, and I'm looking forward to seeing what what everyone else thinks. So. Um, yeah, let's let's see how we go. Well, thanks for taking the time, and uh, really appreciate you hopping on today. And I'm sure you, uh, a full day of training today and qualifying for you. Yeah, yeah, qualies today at uh, I think one thirty or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, all I can say is shred gods be with me. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> you know what? I learned about fifteen or twenty new terminology words today, thanks to you, Val. Sweet as. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> Thanks a lot for coming on. Good luck uh, today and good luck tomorrow. Uh, you got a lot of fans around here and everyone's going to be pulling for you. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, Kevin. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. That's Valentino Giselli, last year's uh, big air world champ here at uh, Commonwealth Stadium and the uh, the uh, Crystal Globe winner. Uh, oh, man. What was the last one that he threw at me there? The shred, no shred, shred yeah, Shredding. the shred gods. Yeah, the shred gods. I will say this one, uh, one of the first one, right when you asked him, uh, ham. Yeah. So that's act like the origin of that. I believe is an acronym. It stands for hard as a mother <laughs> blank uh, fill yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's what that's where ham comes from. But I'm surprised ham. you don't know that one. That one's pretty popular, Kev. Well, shouldn't it be ham? F? Ham. 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 No, yeah. because that's what uh, the last one's one word. Oh, okay. Yeah, there so you go. Ham. ham. Going ham. And shred, then there was a couple more, man. I, well, it's like snowboarders are probably the coolest oh. people in the whole world. And then you throw in the, like, obviously uh, Val's Australian, yeah. who are world-renowned as the coolest nationality. People on earth. It's pretty much like the, the pinnacle of cool. So... I mean, I was kind of doing that interview on the fly as well, trying to find a little research on him. You could probably tell that I was not exactly looking into... Uh, because just because of how it happened, we were looking at uh, doing Brendan uh, after Val and then things like that. But I mean, this guy is big time. <laughs> won the won the tour last year. Um, they said winner and Edmonton winner at the Edmonton yeah. event. So yeah, certainly accomplished. I mean, he's he's an Olympian. Yeah. He, there for the for the twenty twenty two. Yeah. Um, yeah, certainly like. I, I'm going to be back in Delburn uh, this weekend, so I won't be able to go tomorrow, but you can color me uh, jealous of anybody that is going to be there to check it out because with the nice weather uh, down at Commonwealth, like I said, the adjustments to the jump uh, and everything that Val said about the adjustments to the jump mm-hmm. combined with the nicer weather should make for uh, some more speed, some bigger <laughs> air. It, it's it's shaping up to be an unbelievably cool show down at uh, down at Commonwealth. The juice says you missed sweet ass, sweet ass at yeah. the end too, and Jordan goes... Man, that guy is so cool. <laughs> it's, that's what I'm saying. You know, it's the epitome, the epitome of cool. And again, you know, I remember when boarding and stuff was really just coming in and being the cool thing. Like, I mean, everyone talks about Ross Rebliati in town or in, in Canada, and everyone knows what happened with him at the Olympics and things like that. Um, but again, these guys, they are the epitome of cool. They just, just the, their aura around them. Uh, when we come back, we've got uh, some open text time, open line time. If you want to give us a call or a text, one 401 1440 At 10.20, uh, Jesse Pierce from NHL.com and Bar Down Beauties podcast. 
we'll uh, check in. Tons more to come on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. Yes, it is Friday, 10 to 10 uh, in Edmonton. Welcome back to the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440 with the Duke of Delburn, Brandon Douglas. And after that interview with uh, Valentino Giselli, I even feel cooler. Like, I feel, like, hip. Is that okay? Do Like, I mean, uh, we've got hockey. We've got the Friday hockey today. Hip with it. Yeah. We've, you know, we play every Friday at noon for years. I feel like the shred gods are going to be with me today. Be with you out on the ice. They, you know, rack, be, up, rack, up, rack up a couple uh, a couple points. I just feel like I'll be shredding, you know, out there. I love that. I love, I love your optimism, Kevin, on this uh, lovely Friday. Things are... Things are really upbeat, I think, in the city right now. The Oilers uh, in mm-hmm. action tonight. They're riding the winning streak. The uh, the big air down at Commonwealth. Uh, Oil King Star Wars game tomorrow. Once again, if uh, if you want to go and uh, join Gregor, Connor, Declan, uh, and I think Gregor's whole hockey team is, uh, yeah. is going as well. Um, do you have the section number? 122. 122 so- is where you can buy tickets. Uh, and that's the, you, you have to be sitting in that section to get the chance to win the uh, prize packages they have, including a, a pretty cool tour of uh, kind of, you know, below deck. You, you go down to the dressing that. room, and then you'll also go to the Oilers Hall of Fame room, yes. which I don't know if you've ever been in there, but it is exceptionally. I walk, I walk past it on, on the street yeah. through those big glass windows. Well, and then a lot of times they've closed the drapes off there. They got the blinds, and they close them off because a lot of times in the playoffs or even on a Saturday night game, if you're doing a media availability in there, it's bizarro world outside. Outside, I mean, yeah. You know, after a win, people are just screaming. And then they had to put up the railings along the side because it was just, it was too loud in there. You couldn't hear the guys that were being interviewed just the way it was. You couldn't hear anything. But uh, yeah, again, tomorrow, if you're in section 122, uh, zip in there, say hello. Gregor's going to be down there with uh, all the kids from his team. And uh, we'll have uh, some other uh, 1440 people down there. And then you can maybe be a lucky uh, recipient to head down to the uh, Hall of Fame room and the Oil Kings uh, room. Uh, Beer Man texts in at one 1440 My dad was an accountant for a crane company. He used to bring home inner tubes from a crane, massive tubes. So to me, if you're going down a hill in a massive tube like that, or even as you say, you know, you guys are pulling in behind the sleds. Yeah. Like you are like a crane tire. Just think of the the big dump trucks that they use up north, at mm-hmm. the, you know, at the pits and stuff like that. Like yeah, tube. those are huge. Like I'm, I'm thinking even like we would use um, like tractor, tractor tires, tires uh, yeah. rear tractor tires, the full size ones. And like even that is huge. You fit it. You can fit a couple people in those. You're getting into this <laughs> this like big big rigging uh, construction equipment size t- tubes. Like I, I can't I they, can't even imagine. Do you think they would have something on the bottom of that? Like it, it would be cool if you could stay kind of in there that you weren't like you could be banging around inside there. Well, I I mean I guess if you got really creative, you could get uh, like some sort of sheeting or something mm-hmm. like um and like soft, obviously not rigid, uh, and then you kind of. <laughs> adhesive it to the edges of the bottom of the tube so it is like yeah. yeah i don't know although that's kind of the part of the fun too when you're sitting in the tube and you take that one bump and you lose your grip and it you go right down out through the mm-hmm. middle and it goes over top of you so uh will says the grain shovels are with all the nine sixteenth sixteenths uh, <laughs> and three quarter sockets right duke is that correct oh yeah that, that's is like that- a huge running joke amongst uh agriculture twitter or just if you grew up on the farm or whatever that's your you can never find the nine sixteenth socket it or the wrench it is like because it's one of the most common sizes used for for um so, day-to-day type things or, or small repairs uh and maintenance 
And it's like, where's the 916 socket or wrench or socket? And it can never be found. It's always the first one to get lost or go missing. Well, because guys have it in their pocket or whatever. Oh, oh yeah. Or like you set it down somewhere um, and then you finish the job, you forget to put it back. What, like there, there's an infinite number of reasons, but that mm-hmm. is a, a great text from, uh, from Will. <laughs> that's, that's coming from experience. You can tell that. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So top of the hour, we will hear from Connor McDavid. We will hear from Ryan Nugent Hopkins, I think, as the Oilers get ready for Minnesota tonight. Uh, wild loss last night, 2 nothing in Vancouver. The first loss under new head coach John Hines. The Oilers on a five-game winning streak, and in that time, their goal differential is plus 18 on the season. They've gotten it down to zero, even Steven. They've gotten it down to zero, which is big. Uh, 5.2 goals, four in the five-game winning streak. 1.6 goals against. Stu Skinner has been phenomenal. A 1.57 goals against average in that span with a 943 uh, save percentage. So we will kind of set the table for tonight's Oilers-Minnesota Wild game at the top of the hour. Before that, here is the Duke with a Sports 1440 update.